you have your Bibles, you want to follow along, or you can follow on the screen, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. First two chapters of the book. The writer said, God, who at sundry times in divers manners, in other words, in many ways and different fashions, God spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. And now has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So we see God's a speaking God. But I want to talk to us tonight on this subject here, when God is silent. When God is silent. Let's pray together for the lesson tonight. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word. And we thank you for your presence that we feel, for all the great things you're doing around the entire world. We just praise you for it tonight. Thank you, Lord, that we have eyes to see it. Let us hear what the Spirit would say to us tonight, God. Encourage us and strengthen us. And we give you praise for all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Give him a shout. Thankful to the Lord. You can be seated. God bless you. And, and guys, if, um, if after service tonight, if we could get some guys to go up to the gym and help Sister Michelle and them set up some tables, that would be much appreciated. Much appreciated. So we serve a speaking God. People want to hear God speak. But from the first chapter of Genesis, when we... If you were to pick up the Bible and begin to read, you would see nine times, and just in the first chapter alone, the phrase, and God said. God is a speaking God. Continue to read, you would see how that he would speak to individuals, eventually speak to his people, speak through the prophets. And when he manifested himself in the flesh on this earth, we read all the red-letter passages where Jesus spoke and taught and instructed those that were following him. Then we have the letters to the churches, and of course we end up with Revelation where the Lord is speaking of things to come in the end. We want to hear God. He's a speaking God. And uh, I would venture to say that we are afraid of his silence. You know, when someone that you are in a relationship with gets quiet, it makes you wonder. I mean, come on. Yeah, husbands and wives, you ought to be saying amen. When your spouse gets quiet and, and, and you know they're normally laughing or joking or talking about something, but they hadn't said anything since you've walked in the room, something's up. Something's going on. And it makes you uncomfortable because you don't know if you want to poke that bear. <laughs> uh, should I just go to bed and not worry about it, or what would I do? You know, but it's you know, but but what it does is it leaves you to assumptions. Uh, I talk about this in premarital counseling a lot with communication, and that when you're if you're quiet with someone you're in relationship with, then. Uh, it leads them to wonder, is everything okay? And uh, oftentimes it is. It's just that person may have something on their mind. It's not that anything's actually wrong, but 
it needs to be communicated. But um, when it comes to this walk with God, we want to know things are all right. Uh, David wrote this in Psalm 28 and 1. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me. Lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. I'm going to cry to you and I want to hear back from you. I want to hear you speak to me, Lord. I want to hear your voice. I want to know that everything's all right. Because if, if I don't hear from you, he's like, this is going to be bad for me. I need to hear from you, Lord. Uh, Asaph wrote this in Psalm 83 and 1. Keep not thou silence, O God, and hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. So it's through the Scripture you see great men that did not want to do without that voice of God in their life. They wanted to hear from the Lord. And we do serve a speaking God. I believe that. I I do believe that I have heard the audible voice of God. Uh, I feel like I have. I can tell you that when I, not long if I had first got into the church, I was in it, just uh, been there a few months. I was driving to work one morning, riding down I-20, had on some, Charles Johnson and the Revivers, uh, I was, yes sir, I was, uh, I was getting with it, something about the Holy Ghost, man, I was going down the road worshiping God, I mean, I had one of them little trucks with the big loud stereos in it, so I was cranked up and I was worshiping God, and as, I'm telling you, it was loud in my truck, and I didn't care, I was just praising God going down the road, it was about 6.30 in the morning, and just out of nowhere, like someone was sitting in the seat beside me, it's like someone leaned right into my ear, and I heard, it wasn't inside my head, I heard the voice say, close your eyes. Now, I'm driving 65 or 70 miles an hour down I-20, and this voice said, close your eyes, and I didn't even think about it. I just shut my eyes, and as soon as I shut my eyes, I heard something pop, Felt something hit me in the face, and I didn't even open my eyes right away. I just kept driving, and finally I eased my eyes open. There was glass all over the dash, all over the front of my shirt, and there was a hole about that big around right in front of my face. And and immediately I said, that was the Lord. And I pulled off. I was about to shout on the side of I-20 because I I didn't care about the hole in the windshield. I was like, God spoke because I needed to hear something. Because And I was worshiping him and just serving him. And, and I could have, I don't know what it was that hit my windshield. All I know is I didn't have a cut. But if I'd have had my eyes open, glass could have went into my eyes. I could have swerved, hit the, you know, flipped, rolled down the interstate. Could have just done all kind of things. But that did not happen because God spoke. He spoke to me. And people want to hear that. So I do know that we serve a speaking God. I know a man who pastors a tremendous church, a tremendous church. Uh, I mean, been going for years and years and years, and he has said, he's the pastor of that church, the bishop of that church now, and he has said that he has never heard the audible voice of God. But he says, but God does speak to me in ways, and God has put me here and leads me. So, So I don't want you to think that, you know, because you never hear an audible voice like this, speaking in your ear that God is not watching you or communicating with you in some way. 
We serve a speaking God, but that does not mean that God is chatty. Chatty. That's right, chatty. The pastor said chatty. Might be the only pastor ever said it, but that's it. God is not a chatty God. He's not in for just a little small talk and little conversations, sit down beside you and spend three or four hours just talking about the weather. He's not a chatty God. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there were 400 years of silence. When you read that last prophet in, in the Old Testament, before you read what's about to start happening in the Gospels, 400 years of silence. How many years of silence was there while Egypt, while Israel cried out to God in Egypt? 430 years they were in Egypt. And we don't read anything about God speaking until he speaks out of that burning bush to Moses. It was time. So in Isaiah 45 and 15, the prophet said this, Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself. O God of Israel, the Savior. Sometimes God just hides himself. But he never is not watching. He's never not listening. He's never not there. But the reason that I felt led into this, and I felt like the Lord had me to teach on this, is because I actually had uh, a question. Someone messaged me last week and said, you know, Pastor, what do you do when God's silent? What do you do? And and I realized that, and it's like the Lord kind of impressed on me, he said, there's more people than you think want to ask that question. But they don't want to, they're afraid to ask it because they feel like, oh, people will think something's wrong with me. <laughs> what do you do when God's silent? And that's what, I love teaching like this because I love to give us stuff that gets us through, that helps us live day to day. And, and so we, you know, we feel like, well, I heard from God, but now it seems he's silent. So then, you know, the Bible says we're compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. And since we have this great cloud of witnesses, let us run this race with patience. In other words, keep running because of what we see them accomplish and what they've done. And so uh, one of my favorite, favorite absolute favorite people in scripture is this man Noah in Genesis chapter 6 starting in verse 13 all the way down to verse 21 God tells Noah his plan he begins to tell him what he's going to do why he's going to do it and then he gives him the instructions to build an ark and that takes 13 from verse 13 to verse 21 and then in verse 22 it says, thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Now, we miss the fullness of that statement because in, in chapter 7 and verse 1, the very next verse, it says, and the Lord said. And so we have chapter 6, verse 22, Noah does everything that God said. And then chapter 7 and verse 1, and the Lord said. But what you don't understand is in verse 22 of chapter 6, there's about, depending on the age that you figure Noah's sons were and things like that, there's about 75 years of laboring of his kids growing up and getting married, working on the ark with him. His family's growing. They're living. They're working on the ark. All that is in verse 6. 
or, or verse 22, uh, when it says that Noah did everything that God said, he did all of it, that's about 75 years worth of doing. And so, uh, but depending on how you figure it, if I've, I've read it in different places and, and added up their ages and doing those things. At the lowest point, it would be about 55 years. At the highest, it would be 75 years that, that Noah actually worked on the ark. But you know what? There's no recorded word from the Lord in those 55 to 75 years. He got the instructions. He, he gave him the last, in verse 21, that's the end of the instructions of what's gonna, what you're going to do, what's going to happen. Nothing else. There's no recorded word from the Lord. He's not coming down to check in on him, patting him on the back, telling him he's doing good. He's just, I told you what to do. Now get with it. So we learn a lot from this story of faith because the Hebrews tells us by faith Noah. It's a, it's a faith story. Number one, God will speak when there's a need. You're not going to force God to talk. God will speak when there's a need. He spoke when it was time to warn Noah about what was going on. He spoke to give Noah the instructions on how to build the ark. He spoke to Noah when it was time to move into the ark and for the door to be closed. Uh, and that's what God will do for us. He will speak when he needs to speak. But when he's silent, we do. What do I do when God's silent? You do what you know to do. We do all that God has commanded. Because just because God is silent, he has not changed his mind about what he instructed you to do. Just because God is silent doesn't mean he hasn't really called you. Hello, I'm talking to you. Just because he's silent doesn't mean he hasn't really called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It doesn't mean that you haven't been born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. When God gets silent, doesn't change his mind about you. He's just not chatty. I know y'all just loving that, ain't you? <laughs> I'll say, listen, uh, it's time for us to do and time for us to obey when God is silent. We don't freeze and sit still and say, I don't know what to do. Noah, uh, you know, a week into cutting trees, I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. Cut it this long, cut it that wide, build it this way, put a window in it, put a door in it. You know exactly what to do because God told you what to do. Noah was warned, and the Scripture says he moved with fear. Listen, that's all, all we've got to do while we are in this walk, and when sometimes we feel like God is silent, the conclusion of the matter is to fear God and keep the commandments. And I can do that because I have them. Right here. I believe God's around. I believe he's here right now. I believe he's in my life. I believe he changed my life. And I believe he gave me instruction to live. What do I do when God gets quiet? I just keep on working. He said, no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. Put your hand on the plow and just keep plowing. Wait till he calls you home. Wait till he says it's supper time. Wait till he says it's time to go. You know, uh, you just keep on working. So Noah was warned, moved with fear. He built an ark, eight souls saved by water. Noah's story is a success story with 55 to 75 years of silence. 
If we act like, man, if God ain't speaking every day of the week, I don't even know if God loves me. I think God wants us to have a little more confidence in him than that. I think he wants us to trust him. You know, I, I, and I, I'm glad when I can feel the presence of the Lord. And I'm thankful for that. But, but this walk was never meant to be about what I feel and, and whether or not he's actually speaking to me in an audible voice. That's not what it was about. He did that while he walked here. And then he, he turned it over to his church. Be my voice. Yeah. Preach the word. Be instant. What's preach the word? Be my voice. Preach my word. Preach the word of God. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Lift one another up. Prophesy. Do all the things. God's, boy, I'm going to put my spirit in you. So sometimes the spirit will speak. Let it out. This life with God is a life of faith. Faith in him. The scripture says we must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently uh, seek after him and search for him. So we, we've got to understand that. I've got to believe that he is regardless if I hear his voice. He didn't say, believe me because you've heard my voice. He said, believe me. Believe me because I'm God. So the just shall live by faith. And we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Didn't say I live by his voice. He said I live by his word. And his word's recorded right here. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And so we walk by faith and not by voice either. It's, it's the same. Job said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth. Well, does that mean that he said, I just esteem a, constable, a constant audible voice? I never read anywhere that God spoke to Job until the end of the book where he spoke to him out of the whirlwind. But, he, but Job had integrity with God, and he, and he believed in God, and, and so uh, he trusted the word of God. He said, I love, the, love his words. And that's what David would, would often write, that he loved God's word. And the psalmist would talk about the importance of God's word, that it was a light to their path and a lamp to their feet and, and things like that. And, and so we've got to remember, we've got, I'll even say this, if we've got this book, we've got his voice. If we've got this book, we've got his voice. And so if you want to hear from him, start getting in his book. That's how you'll hear, that's how you'll hear a lot from him. And this life, uh, is, there's going to be a lot of times where you think, well, God, he must, not, he must talk to everybody else but me. What you're seeing is people who are just living by faith. <laughs> living by faith in Jesus above, man, I'm telling you. Listen, uh, in, in Matthew 25, the Lord spoke a, a parable. And, and, uh, and, of course, he's talking about uh, how it would be toward the end. But he, the parable of, a, of talents tells me this. Matthew 25 and then 14, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country. Now, we know that he's talking about the Lord. It says, So uh, who called his servants, delivered unto them his goods. One five talents, another two, to another one, every man according to his several ability. And then he took his journey. And he that received five talents, he went and traded with the same, made five other talents. He that had two, he gained another two. He that received one went and digged in the earth, hid his Lord's money. But after a long time, it doesn't say that the Lord checked in on them. 
He said, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came back and he reckoned with them. And of course, we know the story of the ones that just got busy doing while he was gone. They were blessed and entered into the joy of the Lord. But it was the one that said, I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of him. I don't know what to do. I need it. He gave you that because of your ability. So you should just be doing so. That's why uh, you read, go back a chapter in Matthew 24 and 45 and 46. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. The Lord never said he was just going to keep whispering to us and speaking to us and we're going to have a daily check-in and it's going to be a, a, you know, an audible voice all the time. He never said that. He said, I have told you what to do. I've given you my word. I've filled you with my spirit. It'll lead you into all truth. And so I've given you things to navigate this life. So live this life. Do the work that I've called you to do. That's what you do when you feel like God is silent. You do what you know to do. That's how you live for God multiple years. That's how you live for God during those quiet times. You just keep doing what you know to do. Because guess what? If you do, I've said this, and you've heard me say it, when you do the work of the Word, you get the results of the Word, whether you hear an audible voice or not, because God's Word will not return void. Right? That's what he said. So whether I, you know, I could be at my job where I worked before I started this uh, full-time, and may, I'm, I would not see my supervisor, the one who was over me, for a whole year, only at my, when it was time for my annual review, because he told me, he said, this is your department, you know what you're doing, I'll see you in a year. And I didn't see or hear from him, he didn't check in on me, hey, do you need anything, are you doing anything? Because he trusted that if I did need something, I'd come to him. So I just did. And then at the year end, he had all my stats, everything I'd done, and he would give me my review, and I would be rewarded according to it. But I just did that without having to hear from him every week, every month, every quarter. I'm, once a year, I would see my supervisor. That was it. Sometimes God's called us called us to a work, called us to a ministry. And friend, if he did, then just do it. He said, now, uh, you know, uh, just, do the, just do it. That there'll be a, a performance of those things. And if you've got a will in mind, just do it. And I'm willing to do what God wants me to do. And, and yes, oh, it'd be nice, wouldn't it, for every morning for the Lord just rub your shoulder really and say, hey, 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 wake up now. It's time to start your day. I got coffee made and and uh, pancakes and waffles, come on, and let's get you going. Hey, uh, you don't do that. But when you get up in the morning and you just lift your hands and praise him and thank him and you talk to him or you get in his word right away, you feel I'm right where I'm supposed to be. That assurance of I'm doing the things that God has called me to do. So there are some things to remember. This, maybe this will help you uh, as you wonder sometimes. Am I okay? Because I really hadn't heard God speak lately. Well, look, if you know you hadn't backslid, and you know you ain't out there just living for the devil, 
Do you okay? You're all right. I hadn't heard from the Lord lately. Well, guess what? I hadn't heard his voice lately either. I ain't heard, I, I ain't had that experience that I had in that truck that morning uh, like that. That don't happen every day. If it needs to happen, God will, he'll speak up. But sometimes things are just quiet because I'm walking and living by faith in him. His, hey, guess who hasn't died? God. So just because he's silent don't mean he's dead. And if he ain't dead, all his promises are still alive and kicking. His word is still working. So listen, this will help you. Here's a couple things to remember. Number one, God is always near. Whether you know it or not, you might be like those two guys and you're so caught up in everything going on. They were walking down the road to Emmaus and the Lord just walked with them and talked with them. They had no idea that it was the Lord until he sat down and blessed their food and then disappeared out of their sight. Well, people disappearing, you can pretty much count, that's the Lord. If somebody sits down in your house with you and you turn around and look and they just poof, that's probably the Lord. So, but, but you know, they didn't even realize it. They said, oh, our heart was burning in us, but we just, we're so caught up in everything we didn't even realize that God was this close to us, that he was right there with us, walking with us. And so uh, Acts 17 and 27, Paul made this statement. He said that uh, he, uh, that we should feel after him, find him, though he be not far from every one of us. He's close to us. Hebrews 13 and 5, the writer said, uh, be content with such things as you have because the Lord has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's what the Lord said. Hey, guess what? It's impossible for God to lie. That's scripture. <laughs> His word means what it means. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Matthew 28 and 20. I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. And so it is. He's with us everywhere that we go. All the places we want, want to go into, he's there with us. His silence does not mean he has pulled our ministry card, that he, is, that he has removed his spirit from us. Uh, we're walking by faith. We're trusting him. There's a great promise in James 4 and 8. If you, uh, and, and it has to work because it's his word. He said, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. You're, he don't have to be talking for me to get close to him. I, in my prayers, I get closer to him. In fastings, I get closer to him. In uh, sacrifice, as we present our bodies a living sacrifice, I get closer to him. In reading his word and, and learning from this word, I get closer to him. And as I get close to him, he gets close to me. He'll cover you protect you, watch over you. And if he has to, he'll speak. But you know, the scripture says that he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. You see, a lot of people say, I ain't going to no church and listen to no man tell me what to do. Oh, well, see, you know what you're just doing? You, you're cutting off the, the voice of the Lord in your life because uh, he's a watchman 
for your soul. And he's here to preach words to help perfect you, not make you flawless, but to help complete you. He's here to, to instruct and encourage and, and lift up and watch out and warn sometimes even. But he's here for your benefit. Oh, I, I wish my pastor was still alive. I, I tell you, I wish he was. But I've got men and women of God in my life that can speak to me if they have to. And, and I value their word uh, because I feel like that, that uh, if they speak to me in a manner, I know that they're telling me something from the Lord. And, and I take that as God speaking. And, of course, if you've been in any of our services Sunday or Monday night, the Lord spoke. Yeah, tongues and interpretation. And it was the Lord speaking. So you may have heard it in one of your friends or sisters or brother's voice, but it was the Lord. And so you can't sit there and say, well, God ain't speaking. Well, yeah, he is. But you might miss that voice if you stay away from his house. That's why you don't want to miss the house of the Lord. All right, some other things. Here's another thing to remember. Silence is a matter of perspective. And I say that because of what I said earlier. As long as I have this book, I have his voice. I don't know. I couldn't tell you right now. I couldn't even describe to you what that voice sounded like. It did not sound Hebrew. It wasn't in a language I couldn't understand. I can tell you it was the most calm, even-toned voice. Just as, But it was, with all that radio wide open, all that went away, and all I could hear was that voice. It overrode everything. And as soon as that voice said that, I shut my eyes. All I could hear was radio, noise on the windshield, glass in the face. That, that was it. I don't know. I can't describe his voice. When I read his word, I don't, I don't read it in a Hebrew accent <laughs> you know, or anything like that. I'm like, because I don't know a Hebrew accent. I, I couldn't even imitate one if I wanted to. But, uh, but when I have his book, I have his voice. It's his voice in my life. Uh, I hide his voice in my heart that I might not sin against him. You know, it's, uh, it's his word. It's his voice. And so as long as I have his book, I have his voice. Noah, what did he have? He had God's word. And the scripture says, And Noah moved with fear, being warned of things that had never been seen. But he had God's word. He didn't have it. He didn't hand him a scroll. I don't even know if Noah wrote it down. Maybe he did because I don't forget these measurements. I don't know. Most carpenters write stuff down. I don't know if Noah was a carpenter. I don't know what Noah did before he started building an ark. You know, man, he might have been a goat herder. I don't know what he was. But, but he knew how all of a sudden he could build an ark because God gave it to him. And so Noah had God's word, and Noah did while God was silent. We have his word. So let's do while he's silent because the word will still work. Guess what happened? Noah didn't hear another word until it was time to get in and shut the door. But the boat was just like it was supposed to be. Your life will be just like it's supposed to be by the word. The word will make it what it's supposed to be. So, so when you feel like God's silent, just do what God said to do. 
God will show you. If you. He'll tell you when you're in error. He'll correct you. That's what the Holy Ghost does. That's, that's, that's the biggest eh, you'll ever hear in your life. You go to doing something and the Holy Ghost don't like it. Ah, you don't, it's, you know, I'm glad he don't slap us. I'm glad the Holy Ghost don't use a switch. Come on. Praise God. So silence is a matter of perspective. What we have to do is this, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. I can tell you there's two things ought to be in your heart. Number one, love for God. Because the Bible says to love him with all your heart. So I'm gonna, so love and trust, you know, that's two different things. But when you love somebody, you ought to be able to trust them. And so uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know what else should be in your heart? His word. Because you hide his word in your heart. So when you trust in the Lord with all your heart, What's in there, what you can access, is his word. And then it says, and don't lean on your own understanding. Because your own understanding is going to tell you, God must be mad at me. He's not talking. God must not want to use me anymore because I hadn't heard his voice. Look, if God wants to cancel you, he'll cancel you. But you'll know it. (laughs) There ain't nobody in Scripture that didn't get canceled that wondered, they knew it. When God was done with them, they was done. You read through the Old Testament, whoo, thank the, I'm glad we don't live in them days. Because, <laughs> oh, go out there and pick a stick up and you threw. <laughs> Everybody, you, you'll be in trouble. Oh, is it Saturday? I, oh. Well, <laughs> see you in eternity, brother. I mean, it's, it was tough back then. But he said, trust in the Lord. Don't, don't get in your own head about this stuff. What does the Word say? Does, you know, his silence is not his lack of approval or love. He loves you. He said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And he filled you with the Holy Ghost. You know that. So you know that you went down in the water in faith in his name, your sins have been washed away. He, he didn't do all that just to tease you or to fool you or to say, ah, you'll never make it. He's there. Trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Then he said, in all your ways, you keep on acknowledging him whether you're hearing his voice or not. Just acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He's going to direct you. It might be a sign. You know, you see signs going down the highway. You don't, you're not going down the road, and, and as you come by a sign, it goes, McDonald's! The sign ain't talking. You read it. This exit. Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, whatever it is you wanted. You read it. You pull off. What would you do? I followed the sign. Following the sign. What do I do when God's silent? I read what he said. What if the person that you love most of all in the world 
lost their voice. And you couldn't ever hear their voice again. But they could write. And you could never hear them mouth the word, I love you. And you just miss that so much. But would it have any less effect than when you saw them write it and show it to you? Uh, and so God has given this. All Scripture is from Him. It's inspired of Him. And it's His, it's his love letter to His people. And so whether I hear an audible voice or not, I can see. Every day I read, I can see how much God loves me and what He wants for me. And that He know, And the Lord said in His Word, He said, I know the thoughts I think toward you. Thoughts of peace. And I know the thoughts I think toward you to give you an expected end. I, I know what I think about you. Oh, come, let us reason together. And you can just look in his word and, and see that, hey, I want to wash your sins away. I want to make you whole. I want to forgive you. I, I mean, just over and over again, God is speaking and telling me what I can do to be ready for him when he comes. Praise the Lord. And so, um, you know, in Second Chronicles, 20 and 20, I didn't give you this, just quickly. It says, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. See, when you just believe God, man, you're going to be established. I mean, you're going to be set up. You're going to be in the right place at the right time for the right thing. God will establish you. Second Peter 1 and 4, whereby are giving unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Isn't that wonderful? God has given us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. He said, I'm giving you promises that will give you something back, that will provide for you. It will make you a partaker of the divine nature. And, and uh, I don't have to audibly speak to you for that to work. These promises work because I spoke them into existence through somebody. They wrote them down. They pinned them. It, it was there. And so it, it's already been spoken. It's forever settled in heaven. This word is never silent unless we shut our ears to it. And so I, I'm thankful for what he has given us. And then uh, a third thing to remember is this. Silence is temporary. Seasonal, but also purposeful. So look at this, Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So for everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. I believe God operates in the framework of his word. Now, God can do anything he wants to do, but I, but I still believe God honors his own word. Even Jesus, when he walked this place, he said, I can only do what I've seen and heard of the Father. I can't act outside on my own. I'm going to uh, go according to the word. Noah did all according to God's said. And I believe God will do the same thing in our lives sometimes because then in verse 7, it says, there is a time to keep silence. Now, if there is a time to keep silence, that means there's a purpose for that. There's a purpose for it. There's a time to, 
to every purpose. So if there's a time to keep silence, that means it's seasonal and it's purposeful. And there's a time to speak. And as we have seen over and over in Scripture again, that when God's people needed something, God spoke. When the storm needed to be calm, Jesus said, peace be still. When people needed to be healed, take up your bed and walk. I mean, it, he would speak to those things. And God would speak through his prophets. And, and uh, you know, as it said, at the opening scripture, God who spoke to us in sundry times and divers manners through those prophets, he, he would speak through them when they needed to tell the people something, when they needed to know danger was coming, when they needed to know there was a famine coming. I mean, he would, he would speak and let them know. But then he didn't have to tell them every day up to that point, hey, there's a famine coming. There's a famine coming. There's a famine coming. Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream one time. Now get ready for it. And they did that. And so when God tells us something, just trust it. His word's eternal. It still means what it says. You know, did your parents ever say, I shouldn't have to tell you twice? Yeah. Did you ever get that? Because it... The second time usually come with something else. And it was, you know, I shouldn't have to tell you that twice. You tell them something, you know, you, you, you're going to be gone. Uh, you know, it's, uh, while I'm gone, make sure y'all get the living room picked up, get everything. You come in, everything's still tore up. What did I say before I left? What do you think you'd be back yet? I didn't tell you when I'd be back. But I knew you would have enough time while I was going to get that done. You know, I shouldn't have to tell you again. And I think sometimes that the Lord would look at his people and say, I shouldn't have to tell you this again. You know, many times he would, he would ask the question of his, of, you know, he'd be talking to Moses. He's like, how long will it be before these people believe me? I'm sure Moses was like, why are you asking me? <laughs> These are your stiff-necked people. I don't know. But, but Moses would just be like, oh, don't kill them. Don't wipe them out. Just give them another chance, Lord. And, you know, God does that. But, but there's a purpose in God's silence. We learn to trust him. We learn to walk by faith. We learn to uh, spend time in his word. And, you know, uh, it's, it's like... Even on your job or somewhere you've been trained in something, you have someone that they'll spend however long it takes, two weeks, three weeks, whatever, training you on this. They shouldn't have to come back to you every day and say, hey, are you doing this right? Why aren't you doing this? You've been trained on it. You've learned this. And you shouldn't have to be micromanaged all the way through your job. And you shouldn't have to be micromanaged all the way to heaven. <laughs> yeah. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, do that. Uh, God loves us with an everlasting love, and he is a good, good father. You know, uh, 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 you can come to the music, darling. I'm going to get ready to wind up right here. You can stand with me. Look, you know, a blind child or a deaf child, they might not ever see or hear their father say, I love you. 
but they can still sense it and know the fullness of his love without being able to hear that voice. It's his actions toward them. A child, just think of a child that was born blind and deaf, can still feel the fullness of a parent's love just from their touch, their actions, their provision, the way they treat them. They can, they can do that. And so I can still feel how much God loves me without having to hear his audible voice. Oh, it's thrilling. I guarantee you that it, it wasn't the whatever hit my windshield that nearly caused me to wreck. It was me re- coming to my senses and realizing that was the Lord that made me want to just cut all the way across three lanes of traffic to get off that exit so I could holler and scream and call somebody and tell them, you ain't going to believe what just happened. Because I was telling everybody, I was saying, look, it was the Lord. But don't ever, you know, you know I know. I, believe me, I get it. We, we want to we, we hear it. We want to hear words of, you know, especially in the natural, if your love language, language is words of affirmation. And hearing those words, and you, you, you feel that way. So I, I just want to hear it, God. Well, just go through there and read what he did. Read what he went through. Read how he suffered. Read how he died. And he didn't even have to. But he did it because he loves us. Greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And he did that. He's already proved his love beyond a shadow of a doubt. And so he said, now that I have loved you, the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. But Jesus said, here's how I know it. If you love me, keep my commandments. People, I wonder how I can show Jesus how much I love him. He said, I got it, right? I'm easy to buy for. You know, people that you got loved ones and you can't stand when their birthday comes up or because you're like, I don't know. I love them so much. I don't know what to get them. I'm going to get them something that doesn't show really how much I love them. Or, you know, well, the Lord said, here, this, I'll make it easy. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then I'll know that you love me. And guess what? That's, that's what you, you just do. Just do the work. And finally, remember this, because here's a great promise so familiar to us. Philippians 1 and 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it, not might perform it. Under certain conditions, will perform it. But you can have confidence in this. And if God has started a work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, whether you hear his voice or not. I think about that, that guy I was telling you, he's a pastor and a, and a bishop now, and his church has been going for, and he, he said, he said, I have never heard the audible voice of God. He said, but God moves on me and moves through me and leads me into things and shows me things and and it's evident by the work that they have done there that God's with him he just does the work just keeps doing it so sometimes completing that work which he started it might include some days of silence but it ne- but never ever even in days of silence do we lack his word It's full of promises that are yea and amen for us. 
Praise the Lord. So if you've been wondering, or because I feel like the Lord let me know there's more than one person that would love to know what to do or, or how to feel in those situations. If you've been wondering, man, God's been silenced, what I do? I'll tell you what to do. Keep doing. Keep doing the work. Keep doing what God said for you to do, and you'll make it. You'll make it through this life, and you'll hear him say, well done. One day, we're all going to hear that. He won't just nod at us as we come in. He's not just going to be like, you know. Oh, no, it's going to be, well done, good and faithful 